Hi, welcome to the first Fiona's Travels podcast. I went travelling for six months in 2018 and I recorded some fascinating conversations and fantastic music while I was going round Europe. You've just been listening to Natalie and Brittany Haas recorded at the Baltimore Fiddle Fair. One of the first things I did in May 2018 was travel to Cape Clear Island in West Cork to stay with my friend, who's a goat farmer and a singer, Ed Harper. While I was there, apart from playing music and learning to milk goats, I recorded Ed singing and interviewed Vanessa O'Sullivan, who's Ed's right-hand woman on the goat farm. The interview took place just before the referendum in Ireland, which was to decide on abortion rights for women. Vanessa had been campaigning on this issue for many years, and she spoke very movingly about the issues and about her personal experiences. A year on, abortion is now available throughout the Republic of Ireland up to 12 weeks. After 12 weeks, they're available in certain circumstances, but some women still have to travel. And of course, abortion is still illegal in Northern Ireland. I wanted to put this out exactly a year on from the referendum in Ireland, 25th of May 2018. It's called... I'm looking forward to the day when I don't have to tell my story. Featuring Vanessa O'Sullivan and Ed Harper. The first voice you'll hear is Ed singing The Bold Tenant Farmer, a song which mentions many local places. Future podcasts in this this series will include an interview with a fabulous County Wexford Thatcher, an interview with Alan Byrne, who founded the Yiddish Summer Weimar, a klezmer festival in Germany, and quite a lot of music. Please subscribe. Blatant, abandoned, I strayed when found for Clonakilty. I was making me way at Ballinascarty. Some time I delayed to wet me a whistle with porter. Now I hadn't but travelled one mile on that road when I heard a dispute in the farmer's abode twixt the sun of the landlord the ill-looking toad and the wife of that bold tenant farmer oh um i just know that i'm so lucky to have the opportunity to be here because without ed without the goats without this place i'd not be here i would have taken my life Cattle the bull tenant's wife, she's replied, You're as bad as your daddy on the other side, but the National Land League will pull down your pride, for we're able to bear any storm. And we've all joined. I know a lot of people can't understand, first of all, they can't understand my friendship with Ed because. He's nearly 70 and I'm just gone 30. And we think a lot, uh, the same a lot on a lot of issues. Um, my mum actually thought he was, <laughs> my mum thought he was a figment of my imagination uh, until she actually met him. Because she couldn't believe that there was a blind man on an island with goats. First of all, how can a blind man run a goat farm and second of all why the hell would he be on an island 
that concept was so foreign to her because she'd never been outside of Dublin really mm. so to actually again introduce him into introduce him to my family um, and to get their support and understanding of why this place was so special to me was important league last new year's day and i think in me heart that we're not far astray for the clergy is with us to carry the sway and to marshal us all in good order the fences need to be upgraded again well the growth anyway even if they didn't the growth will need clearing now Growth and lead clearing, but we also need to tighten up on the fences. And I think there's two or three places where their the fences are down. So I need well. Now that we have woofers, I can go out with them and show them what to do. Yeah, because the trouble is, once once the power starts dropping, they'll just they'll break the fences down anyway. Yeah, it's so, already dropping. Yeah, exactly. It's been down for a while. That's what I'm saying. So now, when I come back, um, we'll go out and test the fences and see where it's weak and all the rest mm. of it. Because that's number one job, and then when we get that up back up and running, and I mean it's it's literally it's it's less than a year since we had all of that fence back up to like four or five bars. Yeah, I know, but the point is you've gone through spring now, and the growth started. And I know. And it was never quite finished this this last time when there was only a little piece in the western side. I know, but the point is there's a little piece. I know that is weak, and they can get through. Then it becomes a big piece, and then a bigger piece. And then the whole fence power goes. Yeah, I mean the bigger issue in terms of them getting out is that laneway. Yeah. We need true. to do something. We do. And we need to do it sooner rather than later because they're able to get jump over that fence from that wall. Then no matter how good the fences are, you're never gonna keep them in. And our branches extend through the country and town protecting the tenants their houses and ground and the rent we owe why we'll pay you one pound if you'll clear our receipts by do you want to tell me what you're going to do tomorrow um well i've been in politics semi full-time for 10 years uh i've been in women's rights politics since I was 16 I'm now 30 so the culmination of that uh, is tomorrow which is the 25th of May we have a monumental vote that I have worked my entire adult life for um, the 8th amendment states that a fetus has the exact same rights as uh, as a woman, as an adult woman, or as a teenage woman. Um, I'm an evolutionist. I believe in the stages of development of humans. I would not treat a five-year-old child like I would treat a 35-year-old adult, because there's a different stage of development, there's a different stage of understanding. Just like I would not treat a three, four week embryo like I would treat a 14 year old rape victim. I myself am a rape survivor. That's what actually brought me down in, in 2013. 
because I could not deal with the cities. I had to go to London for my abortion and the journey was horrific. And you had to go because in this country it's illegal to have an abortion? Um, at that time, before the Protection of Life During Pregnancy Act, uh, I had to go about six months before that act came in. If I had an abortion in this country, I could be jailed up to life. Now it's up to 14 years. So in essence, I could have gotten, under the new legislative framework, I could have gotten double what my rapist could have gotten. Uh, And that is a terrible injustice. The point of it is we have this constitutional amendment that creates this blanket ban on every issue of abortion. And at the time, even in 1992, after the X case where a 14-year-old rape survivor um, was banned from having an abortion until her life was at risk, uh, the Supreme Court basically said a woman can have a termination if her life is in immediate risk, Mm -hmm. including in cases of suicide. Um, There was no legislation brought in until the Protection of Life During Pregnancy Act, which, again, was six to eight months after I found myself in my predicament. So I had to travel. Um, There was no other way. Uh, So I travelled. It was a horrific, horrific journey. I don't think in my life, and I have had hard times in my life, I don't think I've ever experienced loneliness and despair like I have in that couple of days. Not because of what I was doing, but because I was ripped away from my support networks. I had no one there with me. I was in a strange land with strange doctors and strange faces. And so for me, tomorrow is deeply, deeply personal. And in the last six years since having my abortion, I have been absolutely immersed in the conversation over the right to choose. So much so that I've told my personal story live on air um, in numerous TV and, and radio debates. And I think I'm a stronger person for it. And I did a documentary called Take the Boat a year, literally a year after my abortion. And we showed it in, in, in the film festival, Dublin Film Festival, and a woman came up to me afterwards and she said, you know, your story was my daughter's story, but my daughter never came home. So I was dealing with all that. In the meantime, the goats are having kids. And it was an amazing experience for me to be a mammy without having to be a mammy. It was such a healing experience. I was able to give the love that I might have... I knew I would never be able to love that child. Mm. And I thought it was more responsible of me, both for myself and for the child, to end the pregnancy instead of bringing it into a world where it would never be loved or where I might actually snap or where it would never know it's it's real mother. There's stuff like that. I always, I had to contemplate. Um, And I chose for me the right decision. Um, But then to see the goats give birth and to raise those, like, Inish, Mm -hmm. Ivor, 
Tulsi and Caraway were all those ghosts born that year. Mm-hmm. And all four of them are just the most beautiful ladies right now having their own babies. So I got to be a mammy and a granny without having to be a mammy. Yeah. Um, and it was a very, very healing, rewarding experience and an opportunity. Not many people get that opportunity. Not many people have people, friends like Ed, who will mm. say, yeah, please come down. Come and live here and be part of this. Separate mm. yourself from, from your hurt. Peace back your mind. Have this experience. Without even realising what he was doing, by the way. Mm. When he's heard of the land leagues and his lips they've turned pale Crying what good could they do but be clapped up in jail And the rent you owe you must pay by next gale Advance nay will give you no quarter For your husband was drinking in town just last night Falling and a-cursing for the bull tenants right But the month of October will put you to flight So just join your friends or the water <clears throat> so I'm looking forward to the day where I don't actually have to tell my story mm. it will just be another phase of my life that I can deal with in my own personal way away from society yeah. in my own terms not in my terms at the moment because they're using they're trying to use my story as a battering ram against everyone else so that's one of the reasons why I do tell my story because I'm not allowing anyone to hijack and say ah uh, well rape is awful but you know the child is innocent well so am I the only thing I'm guilty of is trusting someone mm. and he violated that trust doesn't mean that I deserve a life sentence and I decided because my country failed me to take my health care into my own hands and out of this jurisdiction and I don't think any person any man, woman or child should be forced out of their own country for healthcare Mm. so for me tomorrow is a huge deal I will cast my vote I will go to Dublin tomorrow I will uh, the day after I will be in the count centre in the RDS Mm -hmm. and I will be with the main Together for Yes campaign in one of the hotels uh, around the RDS when the vote is carried because I genuinely believe it will be and I do think by two o'clock on Saturday we will know there's a yes vote mm-hmm. there's not a doubt in my mind I think it will be close but I think it will be a yes the only thing restricting abortion access yeah. does is first of all it adds more anguish Second of all, it makes it more expensive and more dangerous. And thirdly, it means that women are having later term abortions. I ha- I was 14 weeks pregnant when I had my termination. Mm-hmm. If I if I had a if it hadn't been legal in Ireland, it would have been 7 weeks. Yeah. But I had to save because it was 1100 euro. And I've never really been on anything more than minimum wage so I needed to find 1100 euro between the procedure itself and the flight 
and the hostel and the travel to the airport from Cork and the travel to the clinic and to the hostel and back came to over 1100 euro mm. not everyone has that at the drop of a hat then you have to apply for the clinic and depending on what clinic you apply to they may have a back list they may have a waiting list or what's now going to happen because they're so underfunded and overworked they're now going to start closing their doors to Irish women you have that situation as well mm. where women will have to travel even further abroad or wait even longer if we don't get rid of this Eighth Amendment. And that's how serious it is. So on Saturday afternoon, you're going to be at a celebration? I believe so. I believe so. I was in Dublin for the marriage equality referendum a couple of years ago. I'm going to be in Dublin for this. Um, more than anything, it will be a sign that my country doesn't approve of what I've done or approve of the actions women take but they understand mm. you understand that it's not a black and white issue you understand that real choices are made by real people in the real world not in this fantasy world where everything is provided for us but I do believe come Saturday afternoon we are going to be celebrating that so, Ireland is going to emerge from the dark ages and join the 21st century progressive world Thank you for sharing your story. No problem. Then she shouted hooray, and I answered halloo, and he shouted his back and like lightning he flew, crying God bless the Land League and old Ireland too. <laughs> and then I whistled my tune, Maratorche, and then I picked up me stick, and I spat on me fist, I and up the coach road like a deer I did lick. And I cared not for landlord, nor bailiff, nor old Nick. And I sang like a lark in the morning. You've been listening to I'm Looking Forward to the Day When I Don't Have to Tell My Story with Vanessa O'Sullivan and Ed Harper in the Fiona's Travels podcast series. This was recorded in Cape Clear Island, May 2018, and mixed by Fiona Frank, with technical assistance by Mike Carswell. Thanks for listening. <laughs>